Welcome to episode 139 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Hey. And tonight we are coming to you from the McSauce Tattoo Studios. That gentle humming you'll hear in the background through the rest of the episode is my dearest brother, Matthew Kibbert, putting a work of art that is Skeletor on our buddy Brian. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello. It is Monday night, February 8th, and tonight we're going to talk, we're each going to pick a movie and a plot point that we would change from that movie to make it better. It can be a movie that we hate, it can be a movie that we love, we're going to pick something from a movie we think would make the overall product a better film. Ian, you're making a face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't, I tried to think about this one today. And uh, I feel like, I don't know, I, I, I don't have a lot. You got but nothing. Once, All, every movie's perfect. Well, once we get into the, uh, once we get it going, once we get the juices flowing, I think I'll be able to. Between you, know. you guys, I've got iPad envy. <laughs> I've got a little guy. <laughs> it'll be Ian has a medium and I've got a large. Uh, so anyway, Ian, why don't you kick, kick us off with housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Sure thing. You can go to mixsauce.com to check out the web comics, the podcast, the reviews, the comic books that we loathe and despise. You can follow us on Facebook. If you go to our Facebook page, we update with not only things that Mixsauce is up to, but as well as we, we also update other podcasts that we follow, other bits of media surrounding movies and comic books so check us out on facebook the podcast is really simple to find it's on itunes it's in stitcher radio we also have uh, podomatic you can download or stream through podomatic and all the classic old school episodes we have 138 of them you can check them out at our libsyn page if you go to mcsaucepodcast.libsyn.com you can check out all of the old classics. As Paul referenced before, the noise that you hear in the background is the talented Matthew Kibbert. Me. Throwing down some inks. I think you sold short Brizzle's tattoo. You wanna <laughs> you wanna give it another go? You wanna tell well, the, the listening audience what that actually is? The highlight. Can I give it a go? Because you certainly yeah, can. Yeah, you're putting it together. Tell it tell us what that tatty's all about. The development of it is pretty interesting, and it's interesting because it's going on a guy, number one, who's been <clears throat> a big brother to me since back when he used to oh boy. babysit wee little me. Figurative big brother. Figurative, yeah. Not not the, not the real, real one. Not the real deal holy field like you. But, um, That's right. That slurping noise, is that the... Is that the tattoo machine, or is that you blowing Brian? Oh! Which, which is that? Um, everybody knows it's an industry standard to blow your client as you <laughs> perform body art on them. Um, Matt has two sleeves. He knows all about it. That's right. <laughs> like, you when have it, to smell it out for bit. Whenever you're done putting body art on Brian, he's going to put a little of his own body art on you. <laughs> they call Brian the semen demon. That's fucking disgusting. Anyway, I was telling a story. Brian, when uh, my big brother, big brother Brian, it's like out, thrown off. I was a tattoo artist. Yeah, you gotta roll with it. We're gonna I'm, insult I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on <laughs> semen, dude. When my 
Big Brother Brian found out that uh, I was a tattoo artist, decided he was going to get in the game and run some body art. Brian has beautiful... Alabaster. It's like, it's like tattooing a piece of computer paper. It's cracker <laughs> as fuck. Right, Ian? Yes. Brian cracker as fuck. That's how I want to be known. I, I believe that that is the technical term. Brian's biggest problem was he couldn't sell himself on anything that he would want on his body for the rest of his life. He threw around a lot of ideas. You're a big horror guy. We talked about some Mike Myers stuff. We did. Sure. We did. Nothing stuck. My real big brother, not you. Brought together, and it's fitting for the McSauce comic book podcast because it's a genre kind of thing because we're tattooing Skeletor <coughs> on Brian tonight. Not just Skeletor and his homoerotic glory and his furry underpants. We're tattooing Skeletor riding Brian's favorite roller coaster, the Thunderbolt from Kennywood, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's a beautiful thing. It's technically West Mifflin. It's a combo of Brian's two favorite things, Kenny Wood and Masters of the Universe. And I would love to direct all of our listeners to Matthew's portfolio, his beautiful artwork. He's a very talented young man. Unfortunately, there isn't any website. There's no Instagram. Fuck you. No Twitter. Nothing. My man is underground. You'll just have to take our word for it. It's really cool. But, but really, is there a better endorsement I'm than the McSauce um, comic I'm... book podcast endorsement on tattoo art? It's like the dark web. How do you get to it? We don't know. Yeah. But you can't. Not only can you see my artwork on my Facebook page, but you can buy a human kidney. <laughs> um, purchase some children sell some children but you are on facebook i am um i do have a few pieces on facebook um i promise um to all the mcsauce faithful listeners i will put more of it up and i promise everybody will see skeletor riding the thunderbolt after tonight's episode if you go to the facebook page if you go to our facebook page i'll be sure to link Matthew's personal page, and then maybe one day, what? Harass him. Get him to get his artwork. Get him to get his portfolio together because he's really talented. A shithead, but a very talented shithead. You guys so. probably don't have to harass me or call me a shithead, but go on in. <laughs> so, so the bulk of tonight's episode was taken from an unused dealy cheely dealer's choice wheel question. Uh, our buddy Justin submitted it to us, and he asked. <clears throat> If we were to change something in a movie, movie we like or we didn't like, what would we change to make that movie more appealing to us? So we felt that this question had some legs, has some meat on the bones that we can chew on for a little bit, so we decided to dedicate tonight's episode to it. Do either of you gentlemen have a movie at the ready that you'd change? Guys, I feel like we might argue about this, and that's not what this podcast is about. That's exactly what this podcast is about. We don't shit on each other's points, argue. I don't think we're going to argue, because we've played out the prequels in Jurassic World to death. We're Until we break. get to Jurassic World, and I'm messing Ian's shit up, because he's a fucking biggity bitch, and he called me out publicly on your podcast. We're going we'll to break new ground tonight. 
That's the sound of a diaper filling up <laughs> with pee-pee and poo-poo from a little baby boy tattoo artist. Uh, what was it? Uh, verbatim, was it little bitch baby? I don't know. Whatever. I insulted you. I forgot. I have so many arguments and I throw around a lot of mean things. He has, that so, many, I, he has so many interruptions to perform. Buckle up, baby girl. It's coming back with both barrels. But let's get into Paul's I don't think we're going to get into me first. I think Matt's got something keyed up. Well, okay, I only decided 30 seconds ago what my movie is. We'll help um, you through it. But I, I think it's actually a very strong contender for me because I literally thought when I saw this movie in the theater uh, 13 years ago oh, that, that, boy, that ending kind of sucked and it could have been so much better if they would have like kept the theme kind of dark but being an adam sandler movie you can't have a, a dark ending it's got to have you know butterflies and rainbows and happy endings all over the place in, 20, in 2003 yeah do you know what movie i'm Holy talking about shit. i have no idea man i'm in suspense good lord you were burying this lead give it to us <laughs> so so i'll give you a hint uh, there was a comic book villain that played, uh, that co-starred in this movie with Adam Sandler. The Force Awakens? Well, that... Well, that well that's an entire movie, Matthew. That's not actually, like, a character or even a villain, but good try. <laughs> 2003. Anybody? Anybody have any thoughts? A comic book villain. The 2003 is fucking me all up. I can't think of I could because my Adam Sandler cutoff happened around like the late nineties. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, you didn't even make it into the twenty first century. No. No. Is it? Oh. Uh, anger management. There you go. Anger management. Ah, uh, the Joker from Tim Burton's Batman. Hold on a second. That ties into comic books somehow. Wait, it's a, it's a stretch, gonna, but that's what we do. Are you gonna crit? Take anger management or 89 Batman? I was thinking anger management. <laughs> that classic comic book movie, anger management. <laughs> Can we critique your choice of movie? No, do it. Do anger management. I've never seen it, but I'm interested. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Was this specific to comic book movies? It wasn't. It wasn't. It was not. We can, I mean, okay. anything's fair game tonight. Okay, I don't recall reading that in the, in the press release. Mine's going to be Pride and Prejudice <clears throat> when they get to me. Anger Management was actually a really funny comedy. Uh, one of Adam Sandler's better comedies about a dude that kind of... He's kind of wound up. He's stressed out about his job. Now, please bear in mind, I'm trying to remember a movie from 13 years ago. But um, he's kind of wound up from his job. There's a lot of stress to it. And one day, he just kind of... Kind of has a little bit of an outburst. I don't even remember what the outburst was. Ian, can you help me out here? You've seen it. Uh, I, as I mentioned before, that's past my cutoff. I did not see it. I have no idea, but I'm sure it's something like the fucking lunch lady didn't make his Labe Joe's. Anyway, right, or something he didn't, like that. Uh, I don't know. He didn't, he didn't, is that a deep cut at this yes. point? Is that so old it's a deep cut? Lunch Lady Land was on an album, I think. Is They're all going to laugh at you. When Adam Those Adam Sandler albums are so bad. Pissed. So anyway, uh, he did something, and he had to take anger management classes. You can spoil it. That's fine. I don't remember what he did, but he did something. 
This is terrible. And he, and he had to, let's, no way. Just bear with gold. me for a second. Jesus Christ. So he he had to take anger management classes, okay? Who's the teacher? Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson is the teacher at the class. And uh, so he was putting him through this, like, ridiculous program where he was pushing every button that he could to fuck with uh, Adam Sandler all the way to the point of like stealing his fiance and he like steals Adam Sandler's fiance and you're like holy shit this is like insane what's happening to him and it was kind of funny but then at the very end of the movie and I am going to spoil it for you guys because you've had 13 years to see it but at the end of the movie it turns out that like his fiance and uh, Jack Nicholson were all in on it together, and they said, "Oh, you finally made it through the program. You're healed. You're not angry anymore." The end. But I thought it would have been hilarious if Jack Nicholson just literally fell in love with his girlfriend and stole his girlfriend, and and Adam Sandler truly went nuts at the end and just lost his fucking mind. Similarly. To Richard Dreyfus in What About Bob? You had this brilliant psychiatrist in What About Bob? Now and, the connection makes sense. And What About Bob reduces Richard Dreyfus's genius to like just mush by the end of the movie. He he makes him wheelchair bound. He fucks him up so bad just by being annoying. And that's what I was kind of hoping for with anger management. But instead, we get this cheerful, perfect, like perfectly tied up with a little neat bow at the end ending. And it just never sat right with me because... You okay there, Brian? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So it just never sat right with me because, like, it just... It, it was it was so dark up until the end, and then all of a sudden it was like this ray of sunshine that just didn't fit. It, it was, like, out of context, and it would have been so kind of, like, such a good dark comedy, kind of in the vein of a, of a cable guy or something like that. But instead they pushed out, like every Adam Sandler movie would do... And they gave us well what we got. He's got a quota to fill. He's got he's got you know investors to appease. Yeah, it never sat right with me either because that movie fucking sucks. What anger management? Yes, I've no, never it seen it. I liked it. Horrendous. It was good. I liked it. Yeah, I mean the ending was dumb as shit, but you start dipping into the bottom of that bucket or that low <clears throat> hanging fruit, excuse me, of Tibetan monks. They end up getting pissed off and fucking kicking people in the nuts and come on. Adam Sandler, you're better than that. Now he's released way worse dog shit since then. I'm gonna take this opportunity to say I really enjoy Blended. But you like The Cobbler too, didn't you? The Cobbler's fucking way different. It's like Blended feels like mm, I like the Cobbler too. Blender feels like thirty first dates or whatever. It feels like your classic fifty first dates. Yeah, fifty first dates. Thanks, Brian. Twelve first. Dates. I'm so glad you're here. Thirty first dates was the prequel. <laughs> yeah, Blended feels like your classic Adam Sandler romantic too many CGI comedy. Effects. But Way the Cobbler, yeah, the Cobbler's real bizarre. It's real low key. It's it's the it has a real undercurrent to it. But like all Adam Sandler films that are still coming out, it eventually eats dog shit at the end of it. As soon as they get to the end of it, spoilers. The Cobbler? Right, turn it off. You haven't seen it. I know you're excited about it. Yeah. This is the, the Cobbler? Yeah. Okay. Did you see it, Matt? No. When, they, when Adam Sandler's dad, uh, played by Steve Buscemi, I believe it is, right? Yeah. That sounds right for an Adam Sandler movie. He reveals it at the end that 
cobblers and all people of the same sort of profession. Yeah, trades all have secret agendas, and essentially they're like the FBI that cut hair and fix shoes and. When he really start at the end of the movie, yeah. when he starts talking about like, oh, JFK was killed because of some, you know, Calder didn't do his. J they really reach for it at the end of it, and it's sad. The rest of the movie's pretty good though. Yeah, it's not perfect. I'm not here touting the Cobbler for you know a bevy of Oscar nominations. Was that this year? But it was no. Was it Cobbler's? few years ago. Did it have theatrical release? No, it didn't, no. because it's part of the deal that Adam Sandler struck with Netflix, where he's releasing four direct-to-Netflix movies. The Cobbler was the first one. He did a Cowboy one. The Ridiculous right? yep. Six, or whatever the fuck, oh, yeah. and other just trash movies. But I'm, it's, it's smart for Adam Sandler, because people watch his movies. It's smart for Adam Sandler, because he's dumb. It's smart for Adam Sandler, because he's rich. I'm not debating his richness, his richosity. Now, you know, you... I went into I went into blended. I don't mean this. I don't want to make this the Adam Sandler episode, but I went into blended expecting the old boring bullshit. And there was, you know, there were some classic romantic comedy tropes, some you know blended family tropes going on. But Adam Sandler himself, my man knows how to deliver a comedic line. He's got the timing, he's got the comedic chops. No matter what dog shit's build up around around him, he knows how to be funny. And he's hilarious in that movie. And Drew Barrymore's real good too. And god damn it if she hasn't looked sexy. Mm. Drew Barrymore has never looked sexy in her entire life. You're oh, not so you're crazy. You're crazy. You're not so. She's adorable. She's disgusting. She's wow. adorable and sexy. Your mom's disgusting. Hey! Oh, oh, easy, Brizzle. <laughs> this is why we don't double insult. Yeah. Hope you enjoy this fresh, permanent ink body art of a wiener. I'm gonna draw That's... on your arm right now because you just asked my mom. Right, That's so a bold man in, right there. In defense of the McSauce Comic Podcast, I know you said you don't want to turn this into the Adam Sandler Comic Book Podcast, but we have gone 138 episodes, <laughs> and we haven't featured Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler that heavily in any of our episodes yet. Don't you kind of think it's time? That's because it's, he wasn't in Star Wars. <laughs> it's a real shame that we're not talking about his classic movies. Happy Gilmore, Actually, Billy Madison. But that the, shit the doesn't hold up, though. The wedding singer does. This feeds in a little bit to something that I wanted to bring up to you guys. Ah, um, uh, the personal first, attack. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, here it comes. Um, I think... Movies, even movies that suck, if you can look at them with real critical eyes that you grew up with, um, I think when your critical eyes are you as it's preteen, all uh, Power Rangers being appealing to my age group, and you guys think Power Rangers is fucking stupid, as you told me on the last episode I was on. As I think Voltron is stupid. Me? And did I say that, or did Ian say that? I'll take it because it's right. It's the correct thing to say. <laughs> it is Power Rangers stupid. is fucking stupid and Voltron is the way to go because it's the original. And you're dumb, Matthew. Except for that's also stupid. Another thing that I... Isn't Voltron do. just a, like... It's a ripoff of Robotech and other shit? It's disgusting that whoever Robotech Power doesn't Rangers. form... Doesn't have robots that join together. These are all separate the, robots in space. 
They turn into like half plane, half robots, which are dumb, and Voltron made it better. By turning them into tiger planes. Lions, you asshole! What the fuck? No, Robo, there's no combining in Robotech. It Tigers. No, nobody nobody joins together in Robotech. Is there I don't know science about cartoons, I don't space, s- fucking physics. I don't oh, see sorry. any, any what names on these lions. Are, we, are there mains on the lions? Are there mains on female lions? Oh, so there are a bunch of female lions that these dudes are flying around. Technically, uh, yes, if you want to go to a la- Last I are. checked, those female lions belong in the kitchen. Little depressed man on Twitter, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Send your hate mail. That's there. at Lil D. Depressed de- Matt. Lil Depressed Matt, by the way, he hates women. Anyway, the point I was trying to make. Yeah, yeah, send me your hate mail on Twitter, uh, and I'll check it maybe in 2020 or something like that. That's how long it's going to take for you to get through all of it. So, what you what were you, you were trying to say, Matthew, is that... What I was... What, what Matt's movie... That Go ahead, interrupt me, up, that's fine. What Matt's movie... That's what we do in my head for, specifically, and obviously, Adam Sandler movies... Adam Sandler movies, there, there seem to be two trains of thoughts on them. People either fucking hate them, or they love them. I was born in 87. I grew up in the 90s. I grew up with Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and... The Waterboy. That holds up. I just watched that not too long ago. It's still pretty fucking funny. If you're a football fan. If you're not. Regardless. Um, Adam Sandler did some, did some dirt. He put out some, some nasty shit, but... Big Brother, you've never been a fan of Adam Sandler. Correct. Until now, I'd when like, he's putting out total dog shit. No, 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 no. I'd like I've, you to explain to me why. I've never been a fan of old, silly, goofy Adam Sandler. I like Adam Sandler when his comedy is understated, like in The Cobbler. Or even in, some, even in a timeless classic, like The Wedding Singer. The Wedding Singer. That's a good movie. It is. It's amazing. And in my opinion, it's his best work. Because all the heavy over-the-top comedy is done by everyone else. He's the straight man in The Wedding Singer. And that's when Adam Sandler really gets my gears going. Is when he's the straight man. And everyone around him is fucking goofy. Straight men do get your gears going. That's why why I like 50 First Dates so much. Because he leaves all the fucking... Crazy bullshit up to Rob Schneider. That's not a terrible movie. No, I, I'm I'm fucking serious. I will watch Fifty First Dates any day of the week over Happy Gilmore or The Water Boy or Billy Madison. Any day of the or week. You're essentially the one where he has an adopted kid. All What's right, that called? Off. Bobby Subgum. What? Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Yeah. You're saying Bobby Sumgum? <laughs> yeah. What is what Bobby Sumgum? I don't know. Hold on, You're saying some, you don't like... I feel like you said Smith. Where did some gum come from? You don't like so Adam Sandler way. doing the things that made him famous, is what you're saying. And this is what's backwards and upside down and baffling to me. Correct, because I point. don't even like that weird... I don't even like his album stuff, <clears throat> like that goofy goat bullshit. I hated Adam Sandler until I saw The Wedding Singer, and I was like, all right. The thing that's baffling to me, this. Billy Madison's a little silly. and it, A little? Easy over there. Keep that holster, cowboy. Um, no, well, yeah, Billy Madison's, it, it's nutty. And <clears throat> I liked it growing up and rewatching it now. I, I fucking hate it. I can't stand it. <laughs> Stupid fucking, 
talking to the penguin about the porno magazines and then we get it's just that's the fucking charm nudie magazine day it's fucking retarded that's why it's funny it's not supposed to be highbrow humor guys it's (laughs) fucking Billy Madison fucking bring up politics at the end of that but it still just doesn't appeal to me now Happy Gilmore though front to back that's some highbrow shit get off your high horse you son of a bitch where did highbrow come into I don't not like those movies because they're not highbrow. Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson shit's highbrow, and I hate that dog shit. It's fucking dumb. Why I don't, do you hate it? Because I don't get it, and it makes me feel I stupid. It. It's dumb. <laughs> That's dog what I shit. just we said. Disagree with each other. Right. Yeah, I, like, do I don't you fucking like get it. Wes Anderson movies? No, I don't. Hey, high fives all around, right? What was that? Royal Tenenbaums didn't do anything for you guys. No, I don't, I don't think I, I saw it. Nothing. I didn't like it. No. I thought Moonrise Kingdom was good, though. Didn't see it's, that either. I like Moonrise Kingdom. Wes, Wes Anderson films are a, a macrocosm of the way I feel about Jason, Jason Schwartzman. And I texted you earlier today. Like, I honestly don't get why everyone's on Jason Schwartzman's nuts. Wait, you texted Ian about Jason Schwartzman today? Right. I did. Oh, that's interesting. Because I knew he'd... he'd <laughs> What, what, and not you? Is he cheating on you by texting with me? Uh, no, I just mean about Jason Schwartzman. Like, what, what, how did that... Because Paul's I knew my Ian, friend and we right, have conversations. Because I knew Ian would understand. And he did. <laughs> hey, Ian, how about that Jason Schwartzman character? I'm going to be honest, I didn't flinch at it. I, I was like, yeah, this is something that we would talk about. Right. I will text with you Jason about Schwartzman it. has popped up in a bunch of things that I that I like. But I don't like him in it. But all the time, everyone's like, oh, Jason Schwartzman's so brilliant. He's so funny. But I've been watching Blunt Talk, the Patrick Stewart comedy on Stars, And it's an ensemble cast after Patrick Stewart. And everyone's really good. And I can look at the rest of the cast and, you know, pull out scenes and episodes where I'm like, I really get why they put this actor or actress in this spot. But every time I see Jason Schwartzman, he's just being a fucking... Scenery chewer. He's just over the top, and he's the same guy all the time. There's no nuance to anything he does. Here's it's why. just here's Jason Schwartzman. Blah, here he is. It's the same guy you see all the time. Like I don't see any any genius to what he does. I don't it's see any specific person. art to what he's doing. Like he's just like I don't know why he's where he's at. I, I could do exactly person. what he did. <clears throat> In blunt talk. He's maybe not a bad person, and it's total fucking assholery of me to say that he is a bad person. Except for listening to a lot of podcasts, and I'm from Philadelphia. Oh, why don't you brag about it? Is he from Philadelphia? No, but... So are you going to justify why you interrupted my speaking on Jason Schwartzman? Is that coming up? This is what it's like to be on the Exhaust Comic Book Podcast. I'm sorry. Go on. I was was pretty much done. Like, I just don't understand the... I just don't understand the hype surrounding Jason Schwartzman. He's never done anything that I'm like, holy shit, that got crushed. What about Rushmore? Holy shit, Ian. Now I understand. This is the he's, point He's acting against Bill Murray in that movie. Uh-huh. And Bill Murray's really good. Okay. And Jason Schwartzman is just any bum Jason off the Schwartzman. street. Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, right. Okay. He's never not Jason Schwartzman. Even when he's in Phantom Planet, he's Jason Schwartzman. So the movie that you would have changed the ending to is 
What? Anything that Jason he would have. Sportsman's in? <clears throat> We're not talking. Well, yeah, I'd take him out. He would take him out of Rushmore, <clears throat> therefore destroying his entire movie career <laughs> and taking him out of everything that he's seen him it's in. It's actually sense. the most brilliant. An- I don't even care what you have to say. That's the most brilliant answer that's going to be given to this question. To destroy. Jason Schwartzman, take him out. I don't the reason I'm changing the timeline. He's never not Jason Schwartzman. There are a lot. I mean, that's sort of silly. There are a lot of actors that do. You don't that, like Vince so. Vaughn? Well, yeah, Vince. Well, Vince. Well, Vince but, Vaughn has some subtle changes to himself. Yeah, Kevin Costner. Different Vince Vaughn. Always Kevin. He's like no. loud, and then he's quiet. Did you and then watch, He talks fast, and then he talks slow. Uh, did you watch True Detective season two? Because he's not the internship. Vince Vaughn in True Detective. Sometimes he's funny, sometimes he's shitty in a shitty fucking Maybe he should have been the internship show. Vince Vaughn in that so that it was a good show. Oh my god. I know, that would have been tough. really funny if it he was, was a wedding crasher. I didn't see it. I really like season <laughs> one of the... Maybe if um, he was playing football with his in-laws... The second version yeah, he would have been, been yeah he would have been yeah. swingers with all the beautiful babies. There's a lot of actors that do what they do. Kevin Costner, you know George Clooney, Brad Pitt over the last twenty years. You're not smashing Kevin Costner for not even trying to do an accent in Robin Hood because you didn't let me get to it yet. But Kevin Costner is Kevin Costner all the fucking time. All right, so let's talk about your pick, Paul. My pick. You got a lot to say. I got a lot to say about make, make it about make it about the movie that you would change something about it to make it better. I would change Green Lantern. Oh yeah. What My favorite superhero. It? The yeah. Ryan Reynolds flop. That movie fucking stinks. What would could you change something in it to make it better or does it just need to be completely like redone? I think if you take out the second villain you make the focus on uh, Alexander Alexander Skarsgård. What's the character's name? name? Hector yeah, yeah. Hammond. Him. <clears throat> right. If you take out Parallax, you take out all the crazy space stuff, and you keep it focused on Earth for the entire two-hour running time. You focus everything in. You keep the story real tight on the triangle between Hal and Carol Ferris and Hector Hammond, you get a much better movie. You don't go out into space. You don't have to justify all the crazy space stuff with all the Earth stuff. You don't have to get into any of the parallax bullshit whatsoever. Then it just becomes... Hal Jordan gets space ring powers, and he has to beat Hector Hammond, who gets space telepathy powers and wants to fuck his girlfriend. Uh-huh. And I mean, they, honestly, and, that's what we all would use space telepathy for. Right. I mean, right? Am I, am I wrong? Right? And, and, and they already based a lot of that movie on... I'm seeing on a lot of it. frowny faces around here. No, we'd all totally do that, except Matt. He's genuine. He's a white knight. Right. Matt would use space telepathy on George Lucas. Right? Would you? Nah. Who would you use space telepathy on? Uh... Ripper to not leave Ice Earth, or the rest of Ice Earth to not kick Ripper out. No, it was just John Schaefer that made him leave. But John Schaefer. So then John Schaefer. Right. The fact that he Ice Earth guitarist. Right, but the fact that he left actually metal guy open right here, opened some doors for me professionally. So it kind of worked out 
for me personally. Um, I don't know. We'll, I'll come back to it. Space telepathy. So they they based a lot of the <laughs> universe. I was about. They based a lot of the universally trashed Green Lantern movie off Jeff Johns' run. And one of the coolest things about Jeff Johns' run was that when you're introduced to Hector Hammond, he's already had this telepathy for a long time. Who's the actor that plays him? Alexander <coughs> Skarsgård. Oh, I'm sorry, you said No. What? Alexander Skarsgård's the guy from True Blood. Stellan Skarsgård is the guy from Thor. What fucking Skarsgård am I thinking of? If only we had the internet. Anyhow, if the, the way Jeff Johns presents the story, Hector Hammond... Peter! Peter Skarsgård. Peter Skarsgård. He's had these telepathy powers forever, so much so that it's affected his appearance. It keeps enlarging his head so that he needs all this gear set up on his shoulders to keep his head set up straight. He's a, he's a super criminal. So you want to meet him at that point? You don't want to see the genesis? No, of... we can see the genesis, but when you meet him, he's a super criminal at this point. He has to be kept in a specific locked-up facility with you know specific you know telepathy, anti-telepathy walls where you know the guards aren't going to be affected by him. Did you imagine him. being the contractor that got like that job? <clears throat> Somebody's like, hey, we're going to need to drywall this uh, cinder blocks, obviously. Probably gonna have to put some bars around this. We're talking about a prison. Yeah, anyway, he's... you ever met anybody that has telepathy? No. How about space telepathy? You familiar with space telepathy or preventing it? Um, anyway, he's. Oh, a that's where you like change girls' minds and that. you fuck them, right? Space telepathy. Okay. When you meet Hector Hammond, he's already overcome, overcome by this telepathy. He's got this giant head. He can. He can't move. He can't walk. He's confined to a chair his entire life. All he has is this telepathic power to derive any kind of you know, pleasure or enjoyment or any kind of feeling. He needs to reach out into someone else to get it. You understand why they didn't do this, right, Paul? You understand why they didn't it's not start just, it's with not just this character? Pleasure. It's fucking anything. Well, to get no, any- I mean, the okay, way that... So I'd change Hector Hammond. This is dumb. So who else wants to go? <laughs> oh, wow. I'm, I'm, there's clearly a bigger story here, but it doesn't matter because Hector Hammond just wants to fuck. No, no, no. I so was going they on... Clearly, yeah, they clearly can't do that. This is why they didn't just go to Hector Hammond. So, In Brian, the way that you what, described Brian, him. what movie would you change? I don't know. Well, there <laughs> we go. I'm staying out of this. Brian's going to stay out of it. Paul, I was critical of the way that you were saying, we'll bring him in as a slobbering fucking head monster. And I, and I calmly asked you, you do understand why they didn't do that. But you can get defensive and yell at me. I mean, that's cool, too. And I said, I know why they didn't do that. And I'm open to seeing the origin of how he eventually gets to that point. Matthew, this is usually where I start taking pictures, by the way, in the podcast. But go ahead, Paul. But he can, he can hit a lot of the... A lot of the plot points that Jeff Johns has hit in this origin story, in the movie, and if we keep the focus on Hector Hammond and not reach out too far, which is which is the base problem of that movie, they stretch too far. They wanted to do too much for a character that no one really knows anything about. What do you? And if you keep it simple, if you keep it on Earth with a love triangle with one bad guy, which is universal, everyone understands it. It's streamlined and it works way better. 
It doesn't fix the CG costume stuff, but it fixes all of the bad CG outer space stuff. It, you know, it, it fixes the parallax cloud poop monster crap at the end. It fixes why, you know, a whole horde of Green Lanterns can't stop it, but Hal by himself can. If you don't take Hal... I, I'm agreeing with you with paring the story down completely and only focusing on one villain. I'm agreeing with you. But how do you fix... How do you do a training montage if you do not introduce the greater uh, Green Lantern core? You don't need to do a training montage because the first movie is the overwhelmed hero figuring out all this, all, all of this stuff by himself. And yeah, you're going to get a lot of people like, Man of Steel sucks. He wasn't the greatest hero forever from the very beginning. Yes. But you don't need to go to space. You don't need to see all that alien territory. You don't need to see all the crazy bullshit. You get into that in the second movie. Where at some point, you know, he throughout the, the first movie, <clears throat> by the time word gets back to Oa that, oh, this guy's dead. This ring hasn't come back to us. Why hasn't the owner of this dead ring come back to us? Then they send people out. Maybe at the end of the movie, they're like, hey, you're the new Green Lantern. You need to come with us. But I understand that's playing the long game. And Hollywood doesn't want to play the long game. They wanted to cram everything. They were like, we got to show Sinastro. And then in the fucking stinger at the end, we got to have him turn into a bad right. guy. Why can't the end of the film be Sinestro showing up and saying, you have to come with me? Exactly, but if you show if you show Hal Jordan learning this ring and learning how to use it on his own, then it creates a lot more precedent to why, by the time he beats Parallax in the second movie, he is the greatest Green Lantern. It shows you how powerful this guy's will is to be the guy to fix everything. What's he doing in the third movie? We're not critiquing the third movie. Well, you just said what he does in the second movie. Why the fuck can't we talk about the third movie? Well, the second movie, the second movie is all about the relationship between Hal and Sinestro because that's when you get all the training montage and their neighboring sector partners throughout the the second movie. And but the scene where they're running on the beach and they like race and, and then they, they like hug each other and, hug, and then you yeah. pause, right. right? You get that. And then at some point in the second movie, Sinestro the Green Lanterns aren't doing it enough. They're not getting enough done, but Sinestro has a way. He finds this yellow fear power. He can get more done. And then the split starts. And then by the third movie, it's the big emotional battle between these two friends you that have the built this bond one. together. Right. And that do it better because they wouldn't hire a bad actor or a bad dialogue writer to write that third movie. I think that that is a... Uh, Pretty good, pretty good call. I think this is. I think that if I we think it's pretty solid, in, pretty solid. And in a small change, I mean, they could cheap shot it. Revenge of the Sith at the end. That was that was for the fans. That's that's for kids. Don't get and, mad and and chuckles and giggles. Not, not, you know, people not. at home are like hee hee hee, <laughs> and that's fine. That's what we want them to do. Um, they could fix that CG too. Like they could just put them in a fucking suit. Yeah, just like, make a suit, fucking suit for him. Yeah, no, no CGI's. Just put him in a suit. That'll be fine. So Matt didn't like anger management. I wasn't happy with Green Lantern. Matthew, Matthew. Captain, 
uh, Whispery McWhisperson tattoo over there. Do you have a movie that you would like changed? Talking to my client, gentlemen. What are you um, saying to him? Tattoos. Fuck him, man the fuck up. And <laughs> shit hurts and he needs to buckle up and we got a lot more work to do. Yeah, you do. Um, if I could change... Is it specifically an ending or like just a part of it? Just a part of it. Anything. I don't know if you guys remember back, what was that? Five, six episodes ago. Uh, some loving, adoring fan wrote into you guys and gave you a great dealy wheelie chili question. <clears throat> I um, still really wish that they just did something with Jake Lloyd and Hayden Christensen in the prequels. They're the worst pieces of dog shit. Ah, uh, this is. As far as the acting goes. You know those. This is like hanging a piece of raw meat out <laughs> there in front of a. Vicious. These vicious two assholes, animal. Ian and my big brother, they hate the prequels. Straight up and down. I'm not a prequel apologist, as they'll tag on some people, but there are parts of them that are kind of cool, and I, I like them, and part of me can't help but to really think like if Hayden Christensen was replaced by a balls to the wall, bona fide murderous actor. I, I saw some clickbait thing, it probably wasn't even true, that Leonardo DiCaprio turned down George Lucas's offer. Is that true? Matt, you should know this. I don't think that's true. I actually think that he was turned down. He auditioned and I don't think he got what? the role. And they picked up Hayden Christensen? You have to keep in mind, this was, you know, a lot closer to Titanic Leonardo DiCaprio versus The Revenant Leonardo DiCaprio. That's fair. Like, he kind of, a lot of people didn't like him uh, at that time. Like, a lot of, basically, men didn't like Leonardo DiCaprio. For, I always liked Leonardo DiCaprio. You liked him in Titanic and everything? Titanic's fucking awesome. Dude, Titanic fucking sucks ass. That's the worst movie I've ever seen. That, that's the ending I would change. I would have Billy Zane shoot both Kate Winslet and Leonardo, <laughs> and himself Leonardo like, DiCaprio. And die out here. <clears throat> Look, Was I the only one rooting for Billy Zane in that movie? It's funny that... It's I kind of like Billy Zane in that movie. Okay. Matt, it's funny that you it said that because it. it was a clickbait thing that I bought into on Facebook when I was scrolling it through stuff. It could be true. I scrolled through this clickbait when I was watching the trailers for The Revenant. <laughs> and I watched The Revenant, and then I was exposed to two and a half hours of rape, people's skin being split open. Um, walking in cold water, that's the part that was most uncomfortable for me. Anyhow, he acts his fucking nuts off in that movie. I saw it, he was good. So I could kind of sort of paint, maybe what would he look like as Anakin Skywalker? I think it could have been cool, and you know what else? He looks more like Jake Lloyd than Hayden Christensen does. Like, Jake Lloyd kind of has the same shaped head and kind of a similar face to Leonardo DiCaprio. Leo's like the only, like, a Hollywood heartthrob that still has that like round head. He has yeah. Like cheekbones. Right. Gotta give it to him. Girls are. <laughs> Don't compare anybody to Jake Lloyd. He was the worst part of Phantom Menace. And if there's one movie that I was in. No, for, he wasn't the worst part. You don't think so? Are you fucking kidding me? Well, You're forgetting don't... a major, major thing that was worse Jordan than Jake. Ranks. There you go. Yeah. Guess one of those wasn't mine, huh? 
Yeah, this is yours. This really? beer is yours. Bro. And Paul really? just returned to the podcast with a with a beer that I was gonna say that he couldn't open before he got down. I was here, gonna say Rune Hako's horrible Japanese accent. No, he was fine. Wait, what, is that a Star Wars thing? But anyway, let's talk about Ian's movie that he would uh, that he would change um, a part or an ending or something. Yeah. Don't you think we should talk about Ian's? Are we done talking about Phantom Menace? Uh, I mean, we can keep going, but I feel like we've said everything that there is <laughs> possible to say about the Phantom Menace on this show. Alright. Ian, take it off. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, but I think that it's a good time, especially with Brian's tattoo featuring Skeletor tonight, to uh, talk about... The 80s classic, Masters of the Universe. Oh, Jesus. And (laughs) whatever would you change? (laughs) Well, we've been tasked with only changing one thing, right? So the thing that I'm going to change is going to have a domino effect. So I'm sort of (laughs) cheating here. Can we change it ever happening to begin with? So, all right. (laughs) It's a pretty terrible movie, right? But there are some all right things about it, right? Um, Dolph Lundgren looks like He-Man. I didn't think he was terrible as He-Man. Brizzle, you're 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 grimacing. You know you're not feeling it. There's no there's no perfect He-Man. Nothing about. I think his look was really good though. That's because Masters of the Universe is fucking retarded. Ah yes. Well, that's because you were born in like 2001, so you don't get it. That's my big brother, everyone. He loves me and takes care of me and has no idea what year I was born. Jack Jack Palance, a Skeletor. I think he did a pretty decent. It was job. Robert Loggia. Yeah, what? it wasn't Jack Palance. Or no, it wasn't even. It wasn't Robert Loggia either. Like <laughs> it wasn't Jack Palance. No, it wasn't. But it I wasn't Robert Loggia either. He oh, it was like, Frank Langella. Frank you're right. Langella. Right. He looked like Jack Palance without the makeup. I always, I always confuse Robert Loggia and Frank Langella. Frank Langella. My bad. I, I was what thinking. They were going for with his face, but I feel like all of him was just sort of. Overdone, and it's what? When did the movie come out? Eighty what? Eighty-seven or something? I don't think that his performance was bad. The thing that I I agree. uh, Yeah, I don't think he he wasn't the worst thing. He was he was trying to bring evil fucking sorcerer (laughs) emperor to life, and I think that he did. What was the worst thing? There are a lot of bad. No, no, no. The worst. The worst thing? You get thing? one pick. What was the worst fucking Well, the worst thing? thing is the fact that they took him off Eternia and brought him to Earth. I agree the with thing that. that. The thing that I would change is really. to have the movie only have things that you've seen in the cartoon or in the comic series to keep it, which essentially keeps it on Eternia, because they never leave Eternia or Etheria. So you keep all the characters as well. They introduce, like, fucking, I don't know what his name, Blade, and that other lizard dude that spit... Wesley Snipes? <laughs> <laughs> I, if only it was the lizard dude. Would have been the only thing that made anything about Masters of the Universe good. Go on, sorry. I think that there are there there are some decent things about it, but if you changed it and you you made all the characters the ones that you expected from the cartoon, you kept it in the environments that you recognize from the cartoon. You have some Snake Mountain. You have some more familiar Masters of the Universe characters. You bring in fucking Ram Man. You bring in some of you know King Randor and all the other pieces that you recognize that you expect from this movie. I think that it would have been 
It would have been much better. I can I can did say you, that. Did you guys see the trailer that somebody put together <laughs> that is Masters of the Universe but cut like it's the Force Awakens trailer? I haven't no. seen that, no. It's pretty cool. But that's that's what I would have done. Keep it, you know, only use environments from what we knew. Right. And, and I not think, get all fancy. I think with the them. reason why that didn't happen was strictly budgetary. Uh, just because it's a hell of a lot easier to shoot in a school gymnasium than in, you know, the Grand Palace on Eternia. I almost called it Endor, but that would be wrong, Brian. That would be wrong. Wait, since I wasn't alive back in those horribly tacky, ugly, shitty movie-creating times. Um, so there was a low budget for Masters of the Universe? Wasn't it a smash hit with kids when you guys were growing up? No! It was running out of steam by the time that it was greenlit. Hey, get off the, my nuts. I don't know. The rights of Masters of the Universe was picked up by Canon Films. And if you don't know what Canon Films are, check out... I think it's like what Canon film? Films Electric Boogaloo. It's a Canon documentary Films on... makes nothing but bad movies. And they somehow secured the rights to Masters of the Universe. And there's a documentary all about canon films. Check it out on Netflix. Well, what's what's most irritating about that Masters of the Universe movie is that they have the budget to go out and make Blade and the Snake Guy and Evil Lynn and Man-at-Arms and Tila, but they don't look anything like any of the characters from the cartoon. They I mean, really they were don't. some were kind of close, like like in arms a little bit. Man in arms had, had helmet sort of the helmet, right? But other than that, he didn't have the same color palette. Teela looked like Tila a wasn't random Tila. rebel from Tila, Star Wars. Yeah, Teela was some that girl that they call Teela. But aside <laughs> from aside from Skeletor and Evil Lynn, none Evil of Lynn the didn't bad guys. Really right, look, she didn't yeah. look like herself. But none of the other bad guys looked like the other ones. You could look at someone and be like, well, maybe. Yeah, but didn't he die in like Beast the Man first... was close. No, they killed that fucking disc spitting snake dude. I forget what his yeah, name like, was. Yeah, uh, like why? You but have... why can't that be Merman? Why right. can't they be Triclops? You have the budget to like in the Blade. Why isn't Blade Triclops? He's the exact fucking dude. Right. Like move his he had like a eye patch or something. Just make that an eyeball in the front of his fucking face and you have him. It's weird decisions like that. It's just like in Secret of the Ooze. How they don't. Token and Razor are not Bebop and Rockstar, <coughs> and it doesn't make any sense because it's <coughs> the it's the same characters holding the same space, doing the same things yeah. that Bebop and Rocksteady would do. Yeah. See, I would have changed. And the why end isn't Gwildor the... Orko? Is that what you were gonna say? No, but at the end of <laughs> Secret of the Ooze, if they would have changed Vanilla Ice and they would have gone with MC Hammer, I really think they could have been onto something there. They would have turned. Turn the franchise around. Yep. They yep. stayed off of Vanilla Ice if they would have had a good career. Did you guys spot. see last night during the Super Bowl the trailer, the new TV spot for the Turtles? I did. I did. I'm kind of excited about seeing the second one. You didn't see the first. You have no, to see I the first one. I first. didn't see the first. That's one. That's the rule. They're no, not letting you in the theater love, until you see the first one. I love Stephen Amell. I love his turn as Casey Jones. I love seeing Bebop and Rocksteady. Like. Legit bebop and rock steady. I didn't like the way Krang looked. He looked good. Yeah, they all look right except for the goddamn Krang in this trailer. The turtles don't look right. He's, a, he's in the trailer. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of amped about seeing this one. What I don't like about the turtles isn't the fact that they have nostrils. Whatever, I'm over that. Even though it's stupid, but 
the real problem is the fact that they're gigantic and they're not ninja like in any way. They're just all they're four hulks. They're teenage mutant ninja hulks is what they should teenage be mutant sumo turtle. I haven't seen this movie yet. So. <laughs> yeah, right, this not accurate to the literature. What would four hulks? Who but Hulk crazy not be a good crime fighting team? What? Pretty strong. Said they look like four hulks. Imagine four hawks would probably be pretty handy when you're trying to stop. Especially when they can think for themselves. Yeah. And as much as I've touted the Nickelodeon Turtles series, because it was really good for all the seasons up until this latest one. Uh oh, is it getting bad? Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? Why? Uh, because everything's like everything's really tight. Everything follows the natural. Ninja Turtles story, like, the only weird, crazy stuff is Krang, and Krang's a natural part of Ninja Turtles, but now, they're in space. That's oh. where it always of, goes bad, man. I think they're in season five now, but at the end of the previous season, these, the Triceratons come down. and well, they're, they're a part of Ninja Turtles right. lore, right? They come down, and they destroy the Earth. Oh, well, that'll do it. Earth exploded like Alderaan. Gone. Oh, boy. But right before, uh, this this robot comes down and he saves the four turtles, Casey and April. So now they need to go back. And they they go back in time, and they need to find the turtles weapon in time. that the mm-hmm. Triceratons use to destroy Earth before they actually destroy it. But this whole time, like, we don't get... Shredder, or classics like Bebop and Rocksteady, or even new classics like Ray, like Chris Bradford, or the fish guy whose name I can never remember, or Tiger Tiger Claw. Yeah. Like we don't get all of this cool shit that they already set up. Like now it's it is it's turtles in space and it's fucking wacky. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Kenner or Mattel or who the fuck ever playmates wants to sell turtles in space outfits, but like Professor Zayden Honeycutt, who is the android that saves them? What a dumb man! No, not as cool as Splinter. Well, the Triceratons are a part of the old Eastman and Laird stuff. Like that's fucking accurate. Yeah, that's fine. And it seems like they're just trying to change the dynamic a little bit and do something a little bit they different. They are and they're and they're to, dipping into tons of old school stuff like the salamander people. I don't know. There's some That's old character. You gotta get into, but no to what franchise for you to be cr- those salamander people. You can't be critical of one of the most overly merchandised franchises <clears throat> known to man. Of course the Ninja Turtles want to sell more toys. That's what they fucking do, man. You can't criticize them for that. Like Matt. like LL Cool J says, they're doing it and doing it and doing it well. Matt, how do you feel about Ninja Turtles 1 and 2 back in the day? What years were they released? Probably early 90s? Uh, I think 90 and then 92. <clears throat> That's a guess. Did you like them when sounds they came out? Pretty, uh, yeah. Yeah, that maybe. sounds pretty close to yeah, accurate. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, we'll go with it. Fuck the internet. I'm going to roll the dice. 91. Did you like Ninja Turtles, Matthew? Yes. Fucking Nazi? I love it. How dare you? I think the first one's very, very good, but I think the second one's pretty terrible. There's a lot of stuff I try, because of your podcast, because of you guys cutting apart franchises and storylines that I grew up with or you guys grew up with, 
You guys take hot, nasty podcast dumps on them. I really tried to go back with critical eyes and watch some things that I was really in love with as a kid. Because we don't do that. Because we're just shitty fanboys <clears throat> that just fans kiss the, the ass of uh, everything. Dumb. Well, we've said that it's super homoerotic. And we've had the Masters conversation before. And the cartoon is almost unwatchable. I think we've said it on these airwaves. Now, you may not have been listening, Matthew, I but I don't put that you. past you to just ignore things that we're saying. Matt, since I talked to these idiots about it the other night, yeah. would you agree or disagree that you guys go a little bit beyond the benchmark at defending things that were franchises that you grew up with, that you were a child with, that you def... I mean, we all sort of define our, you know, our younger years with those kind of things. I love the Power Rangers. They're fucking stupid, and everything about it is stupid. The over-dubbing voices, and the whole thing's dumb. Except for Jurassic Park. Just Golden like... Golden canon. This is classic Matthew arguing, by the way. No, I feel Attack. the same... Attack! back! I feel the same way about Power Rangers as I do He-Man. The vehicle, the delivery system was bad because of the way it was presented. But the mythology of what the Power Rangers are, I like. I can get behind that. And if they did like a big budget Pacific Rim type movie for Power Rangers with the fucking Megazord, like it's a giant robot fighting monsters. It shouldn't have been Pacific Rim. It should have either been Voltron or Power Rangers because those are already branded properties with a built-in fan so built base. So if Del Toro got behind Lord Zed and Rita Repulsa, <coughs> you put some respect into the franchise? Come on. I don't dislike Power Rangers. I'm not a fan of Power Rangers, but I don't not like it. I mean, Amy Jo <laughs> Johnson for days. Oh, oh. Right? Super good looking. I... Even, and that Green Ranger that, that we, we saw at Collins all last year. So Matt, yeah. Do you do you feel? <clears throat> I feel like you guys kind of go a little bit overboard defending franchises that you guys grew up with. Who are we defending against? Not so much you and your sort of out of the argument. I feel like these guys. <clears throat> are you trying to turn me against them? No, not at all. It's it's not not hard to do. Okay, so so these two. Paul and Ian go overboard defending the franchises they grew up with. Silverhawks, Transformers, He-Man. And they cut shit apart that are... Look, the way that you guys look at Jurassic Park, or I guess Jurassic World, here's how all you guys wrote it off. That was a pretty... It was a fun summer movie. That's what Force Awakens swore it was to me. It came out at Christmas time. I know, but I I mean... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like... You guys didn't look at Jurassic World with a critical eye that you guys give Force Awakens and you guys have cut Force Awakens apart. Why can't you just... It was a pretty fun movie. It was a good movie. We all like Force that, Awakens. Yeah, we, we all we liked liked the this Jurassic is, World. This is how the McSauce comic book podcast likes Force Awakens. Or you like anything. You, you guys start off a show and say, Hey, we like this. It was a good movie. And then you guys cut it apart for like two hours. I don't think we did that for Jurassic World at all. No, you didn't. You breezed over it, called me a... Uh, what else came out Sensitive that bitch. weekend? Did um, we dedicate a whole episode to Jurassic World? I believe that we did. It was a field trip. It was an event movie. 
Uh, well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Was, we, we, Did we see it separately? We saw it oh, in I the Outer like Banks. Yeah. Oh, Me okay. and my brother. And I saw it with your people. Oh, yeah. the blacks. That's all with Tyler Perry. <laughs> okay, well then I'm wrong. Man. Easily one of That's my favorite thing. podcast stories, by the way. Um, <laughs> Matt and his people. I feel like you get, you guys give stuff like Force Awakens more salt. Matt, how are you? This is going against what you're saying, though, because you're saying that we defend the things that we love and don't. Are, we are not as critical, but then you're using the example of Star Wars as the example of how we're being shitty towards something. So you guys you're never go kind back. of double talking. Yes there, and right? no, but you guys never go back and chop up a New Hope or Empire. Would you? Would, would because that they're be... fucking perfect. That's why. Case. Would you point. go back and chop up Jurassic Park? Can't be. It's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> but you'd chop up Jurassic World, and we're not as tied to that mythology as you are. So, like, of course, if there's some weird shit in it, like, you know, all of a sudden the raptors are loyal to Chris Abs Pine. Chris Abs. What's his name? Pratt. Chris Abs Pratt. Chris Pratt's like, make me a sandwich, and then yeah, there was like, a little raptor. Yeah, there's some, there's some super weird shit him. in there, but we, we don't fucking give a shit. Like, we enjoy Jurassic Park is on a more surface level, but don't... Star Wars... Is in our DNA. Did we shit on The Force Awakens? Hold on. I'm confused at what you're criticizing you us on. You just completely vindicated me, and that's all I wanted to hear. Well, don't listen to him, because he's a fucking <laughs> moron. Listen to me. What? Are you saying that we shit on The Force no, Awakens? No, he's right. I did. And that, But I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Because, of course, I'm going to be more critical for something I like more. Like, I'm not going to rip apart a Wes Anderson movie, because I don't think it's worth watching. Did we rip apart The Force Awakens, though, is my question here. Yeah, we, well, yeah, did we, we, rip we, it dis- we didn't rip it apart, we but we dissected deep. it right. more than we did <laughs> Jurassic World. Because Jurassic World's Jurassic World. It's Jurassic Park. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a license. It's fun. But Star Wars is different. It's religion. Yeah, so, yeah, I think you're right. We dissect things differently when we're subjectively attached to them. But and I don't that, think there's anything wrong with that. You guys watched Jurassic World a little differently than I did then. You vindicated Right. Me. And that's what I've said the whole time about why you're so hard on it. Because you bring that movie from your heart. You're like, this is an Alan Grant. And I'm like, so the fuck what? The Raptors are kind of fucking ridiculous. Who gives a shit? And you're like, that's not how Alan Grant would have done it. Oh, yeah, shit. we both attack it the same way, and that's that's okay. We could do a whole episode of me defending or cutting. There are parts of that movie that I really liked, and when you brought it up on the podcast, you jerk off, <laughs> sailed me down the river. I didn't hate that movie. You jerk off. I thought something else was coming. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I did want something else out of it, so I was disappointed. But I, it, I didn't expect like something brilliant that <laughs> I was going to be on my deathbed telling my kids about, pretending they don't have Netflix and can just watch the movie that I'm telling them about. But you guys expect a lot of Force Awakens. You right. watched it with different eyes than I watched Jurassic Park. But you guys are all in sort of the same age bracket as far as reviewing things and what you guys <coughs> all grew up with for McSauce. So you guys hold things holy like the original trilogy. 
I love Star Wars as much as the next guy. But you could watch them and, and cut some dumb shit about those apart. Do you want us, as a, as a loyal fan, you, know, do you want us... To just tell me that you love me, and that you can interrupt me. That's fine. I mean, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, I get you know blasted for that all weekend, but you know, what what were you gonna say, Matthew? Let me have it. Let me have it, buddy. I was just gonna say before you rudely interrupted me. Would you like us to go back and look at the original trilogy with a more critical eye? Is that what you would like? I would like to introduce an idea to the Sauce Comic Book Podcast. You haven't heard this idea yet, Mr. Matt Cassell. Okay. I would love to go back through and watch the original trilogy with you guys and record it and cut shit apart in it the way that you guys cut. And Matt, I think you like Force Awakens more than these two idiots. I, okay. <clears throat> but you can cut Empire, you can cut A New Hope, Star Wars, whatever you want to call it. You can cut. When you say cut it, you mean like trash it? Or are you talking I like mean, I mean, yeah, I mean trash. dissect it, like go in depth? What do you mean? No, he means beat it up. Well, why would we do that? Because that's what we do! We beat shit up. But I feel like we beat shit up when it's necessary to beat shit up. We didn't beat up Jurassic World. Because it, was the greatest it wasn't necessary. Movie. Well, <laughs> you kind of did. It's. it's Empire, A New Hope, Ian Jedi, was, Jurassic World. Ian was pretty Jaws. critical, I Top felt. four movies of all time. What did I say? I'm what were sorry. you critical of? I don't know. The, the kids, you really hated that. You felt like that was a major like black eye on the movie, basically. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like I held it to the same critical gaze that I hold all the movies that we watch and review Why do you have to bring sexuality into it? <laughs> Gays? Is that sexual? Or oh, I thought that... you meant something else. Is that... <laughs> I held it to the same standards that I've held all the movies that we've reviewed so far on the podcast. I, I, I didn't like those kids. It was a moment of the film that I pointed out that I didn't like very much. That's all. It didn't kill the movie for me. I didn't like those kids because they remind me of my brother who's a jerk on a podcast every week reviewing stuff like Masters of the Universe telling everyone that's good. I didn't like, no, I didn't like the But at I, the end, those brothers love each other. They understand how important they are in each other's lives. Are you trying to tell me something? Yeah. You love me? I love you. That's what these brothers realize at the end. That's what it's all about. That's why I felt those brothers. It's sad that we have to do that through shitting on each other for how we felt about a movie, but... That's how it's done here on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. We get angry, and then we bring it all together in a soft, warm love blanket. My name's Paul McGinty. Ian Sharply. Matt Casal. And special guests. Thanks for having us on, guys. You say What's your name? name? Brian says both Brian because he hasn't said anything about podcast. Brian, what's your name? Brian Chapinski. Matthew Kibber, you guys can look up my work on Facebook. Matthew, Andrew Kibber, look me up. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.
Well, I mean, we don't have to go right in right now. We well, it just like makes give... it easier for editing purposes, but it's cool. It's cool. At fucking this. six seconds in, just snip it, and then we can go. Right? 